Welcome to Southern Steep. Southern Steep is a public health and social justice podcast that centers the voices of community leaders in the Southern United States. Conversations highlight innovative approaches to unapologetic leadership, meaningful partnership, and thriving communities. I am one of your co-hosts, Isaiah Webster, and reminding you that this podcast is brought to you by NASDAQ, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization in Washington, D.C. You can learn more about NASDAQ at nasdaq.org, N-A-S-T-A-D.org. Well, this is a very special edition of Southern Steep. For the first time in our history, and by history, I mean four or five episodes, we're going to have all four co-hosts participate in this particular episode to talk about why we're doing this podcast, to talk about what they're bringing to the podcast, and to talk about what we want to get out of our guests in the coming months and years. Um, and I'd like to begin by just introducing the co-hosts to you one by one, and then we will get their voices into the space. First up is Torian Baskerville from his online Southern Steep bio. It says he is a native New Jerseyan, found, uh, wow, I'm reading this and I still can't get it right. A native New Jerseyan, Torian Baskerville, found Love at First Sight over 15 years ago with his first visit to Atlanta, Georgia. It was a slow-paced big city for him. Moving to the South on a journey to self-discovery, Torian found healing power in the shrimp and grits and grounding in the strong faith as he navigated through the process. However, it was his unwavering sense of community that loved on Torian enough to birth the resilience, confidence, and foodie that he is, making him an adoptive son of the South. Welcome, Torian. Hey. So I felt like your bio was an attempt to color over the fact that you're not a Southerner, but that you're trying to co-opt the space that true Southerners, like I, were born into. Perception is reality. Um, however, <laughs> I just love the South. I just love the South. It's particularly the food in the South. Um, I know you know because you edit all of our episodes on one of the very first pods that I did. I mentioned how I have this issue with my voice. And part of what I'm trying to do in the podcast is modulate it a little bit. And the and when I think about it, I'm, I'm going for the Donnie Simpson kind of video soul voice. And I feel like you are trying to do it better than me. And I have some issues with that. So could you, again, could you get out of my space? <laughs> I think the difference though, is that mine is just a natural and you are attempting to do it. That's the difference. Dorian, <clears throat> we work together all the time. It's a delight to work with you on this podcast. Our next co-host is Nicole Elinoff, a 100% Florida girl. Nicole loves the kitschy, unique charm of the South and what it has to offer, including, um, yes, including Florida man. Hmm, I don't know what she meant by that. The love of the love for community and the resilient nature of the South strengthens her desire to serve and bring her great joy. Just as much as joy uh, as collard greens does, biscuits, grits, and all the other things give to her stomach. I can't read today because this is right here in front of me. Nicole, go ahead and correct everything I just butchered in your bio. I'm just really surprised with all the news that you consume and your Twitter that you don't know who Florida Man is. Um, Florida Man is a national treasure. 
I'm, I thought you were referring to your husband. You know, he is a man who lives in the state of Florida, but I would say he's more of a lumberjack type and not a wrestling, a gator in the lagoon, like swamp whilst holding on to his cigar still. Wait a minute. You have a lumberjack husband? I do. (laughs) I just want to say that there's been a lot of Nicole discoveries done today. We're going to get to them in a little bit, but I'm naming, I've counted three Nicole discoveries today. Our fourth and final co-host is Bianca Ward. Although a Midwest girl at heart, Bianca has spent the past 18 years living, working, and growing in the D.C. area. The South represents community pride and resilience, all of which fuels Bianca's purpose and passion to serve. But more importantly, she now has a great appreciation for grits, which should always be savory and never sweet. Y'all talk a lot about grits. Bianca, what's up? We talk a lot about food, period. And it's funny because I just saw this meme that said you never hear people say, I can't wait to eat that food up north. Like it's always food down south. Um, And I am new to grits. I didn't grow up with grits. My family is Jamaican. I grew up with ackee and sawfish and fried dumpling. So I didn't start eating grits until about four years ago. And now I am a grit connoisseur. And I also, um, I make a mean grit. With a little cheese, a little butter. I hope this isn't offensive to anyone in the pod right now or anyone that's listening. I don't feel like sweet grits is really a Southern thing. I lived almost my entire life in Louisiana and no one I knew put sugar in their grits. It was just salt, pepper, and butter. Is there anyone, any, is, do any of you put actual sweet things in your grits? I know people who swear by sugar, like sugary grits. And I'm like, why don't you just eat porridge or oatmeal? Yeah. Um, that's what sweet should be. That is an attack on the grits gods. <laughs> now, I will say this. I never use water in my grits. I use either milk or a portion milk and water. It makes it so much creamier and so much better. So The density. Yes. So I use heavy cream and chicken broth. Try it. Don't sleep. It's a creamy situation. And flavorful because the chicken broth is. And then you don't have to use so much salt because you have the broth, but it's it's kind of nice. So I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but just to kind of orientate our listeners. So the format of our podcast, which, um, you know, Nicole will talk about later on, is that we we pair up and we do each episode. And so by design, the four of us are not all on every episode. And so this really is a special opportunity for us to be together on one podcast. And it's actually the first time we've all been on a podcast together, even though we are all equal co-hosts of this endeavor. And so what we wanted to do was to let our listeners know a little bit more about us and um, who we are and why we're doing this. So in preparation for today, we decided to do our birth charts according to the stars. And I just want to say up front, um, there's a difference between astrology and astronomy. I'm a fan of both. But today we're talking about astrology, which is a little bit different from, you know, the physics and and all that kind of stuff. So we want to say that up front. Um, We also want to say that this is in in fun. You know, we're not trying to say that we're experts. I'm certainly not. I'm I'm an amateur for sure. But we did do each other's chart. Well, I did the charts for everyone. And we're going to spend some time going through those as a way of kind of revealing what the universe says about us. 
So when I sent the charts, Nicole, I'm actually going to start with you. When I sent the charts earlier, you were like, what is this? Why are we doing this? I don't understand anything. I just want to see, do you understand like the general concept of a, of a astrological chart? I know the different astrology signs. I know that they have elements and I know that there's like stars and moons and they all need to align at certain parts. Um, and then birth year is involved in birthplace and there's a lot of symbols and I didn't go through everything cause I didn't understand it. I'll explain. So I'm really looking forward to this experience. I'll give you an explanation in, in a second, but I do want to say one thing because you, you have you have already stumbled onto one of my sacred cows. There's actually only one moon. The uh, moon is what we call our satellite, and some planets have satellites, but there's actually only one moon, and that's Earth's satellite. Uh, Jupiter has 26 satellites, I believe, and they all have different names. None of them moon. I'm glad I learned something new today, and I also just really appreciate that this is happening right now, that we're talking about this. So in a nutshell, so here's the 10-second explanation of your chart. <clears throat> According to astrologers, um, where the position of the sun and the moon at the time of your birth says certain things about your personality. And so in order to do your chart, you just look at where the sun and the moon was positioned in our sky at the time of your birth. So I, for each, each one of the co-hosts, I put in your birth dates, where you were born, and the time, and voila, your chart. So Nicole, um, I think, so we have these 22 page documents of our charts. It's really a lot of information, but the gist of it is, is where the sun and the moon was at the time of your birth. And we can kind of, we don't want to go into the detail about the other planets because that would take way more time than we have. Um, but I have your chart in front of me and I wanted to um, see if you could go down to um, page number six, which gives the short description of where the sun was, you're a Scorpio, for the purposes of our listeners, and where it says short description. You want to just read what it says there? I was muted. One of the joys of Zoom. Uh, my short description, physical energy and courage, strong passions, regeneration and improvement, strong sexual powers, potential issues. She is suspicious, defiant, extremist, and she is sometimes vindictive. And I think the safest way for me to ask you this question is just to say, how do you respond to that? I feel like this is an, an alignment with a lot of the tr like traditional Scorpio characteristics. And I'm very passionate. And if y'all y'all have heard me talk about this work, I'm very passionate. And this very much aligns with that. Bianca and Torian, do you feel like this accurately describes Nicole? Like if we had to describe her, is there anything in there that we might convey? I think it was very, ooh, I was loud. Um, I think very much Scorpio. And I think in terms of what you read, I know a lot of Scorpios. I am literally surrounded by them in my house. So when you read that, I was like, oh, Scorpio, yes. Um, Nicole specifically, I don't know. Hmm. Still getting to know you. So maybe, maybe not. There will yeah, be a lot I, of time I for share that. I share that sentiment um, that I'm still learning, Nicole, and, and but definitely very passionate, very passionate. 
So uh, according to your chart, Nicole, your moon is in Aquarius and the moon represents the emotional responses, both uh, your unconscious predestinations and your self-image. And so uh, with your moon in Aquarius, people who have this are very observant people, extremely observant, actually. And it says that they are lifetime students of human nature, loving to analyze why people do what they do. Does that does that resonate at all with you? I I see this. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Can I just share another thing? Of course. Regarding discoveries. We were asked by Isaiah in our group chat about the birth year. And everyone was just so astounded that I was born in 1991. I'm a proud millennial. I absolutely support it. But I just want to say that on top of today's discoveries, we've discovered that Nicole Elenoff is Jewish. Yes, a proud 100% South Florida girl. Two, Nicole is age 29. And then there's a third discovery that I'm blanking on, but I'm sure I'll remember it later. That's come up from this whole discussion about these charts. So Torian is a Virgo. Um, that's where his son sits. Um, and uh, I know quite a few Virgos, uh, you know, speaking, you know, broadly, they're they're always fabulous people. Um, and I don't want to go too far into the sun sign. I feel like I feel like the sun signs are kind of well known more than the moon signs. So um, uh, you want to go give us a short description of your uh, your sun sign, Torian? So short description, he has a very good memory, scientific and medical studies preferred above all others. He is humble and moderate, calm and reserved, emotional discipline. He is willing to help, devoted and gentle, potential issues, servile nature, frequent changes of occupation, <laughs> quick to become annoyed, upset, worried. He is too shy. <laughs> Now, before we hear from Bianca and Nicole, Torian, I, I noticed um, when I was reviewing it earlier, your moon is also Virgo. You are a double Virgo, which means Virgo the universe has doubled down on those qualities. Um, thoughts? I am a Virgo through and through. I tell people that all the time. When you think about a Virgo, think about Torian. He is a true Virgo. But what I will say about my short description and stuff, I think is very, for the most part, very accurate. There are definitely things that um, through work, through life experience, I have definitely like worked on. And so like, I'm not too shy. I, I'm fairly reserved. But once I get comfortable, I come out of that. Um, what I found really interesting, which is why I chuckled extremely hard, um, <laughs> frequent changes of occupation. <laughs> I found that so funny because if one was to look at my resume, you would be like, oh my God. And I've actually been criticized for that before in interviews, but it's the truth and I own it. Can you believe, Torian, that some people actually don't believe in charts and don't believe in astrology? And yet there it is written in the stars, everything that you're doing in your life. There is truth to this. I agree. I, I do. I always say that... Um, while we as individuals um, vary from experience to experience, I think astrology gives a baseline of behavior of how you show up in spaces. 
and this is where I give my disclaimer, I have absolutely no qualifications, accreditations, or or any type of certifications to be making any of these statements about the stars. It's just fun. Okay, Bianca, you're a Capricorn. Um, and <laughs> would you like to share your short description? It's at the bottom of page six. She is honest, reserved, circumspect, circumspect, honorable, and strong-willed, quietly ambitious within the realms of the possible. She likes and takes on responsibility. She can work in the social domain. Possible issues, a sometimes bitter and mistrustful mind. Did it call me bitter, though? I feel like that is... The stars called you bitter. (laughs) Bitter and mistrustful mind. I don't, I had to clutch my pearls at that because I don't, whew, perhaps, I don't know. Now I have to think back on previous relationships. But um, I think this, this short description is, is very true in terms of um, the strong-willed piece, um, the work in the social domain. That's literally where I've always been. And so... Um, yeah, maybe that was written in the stars. I don't know about reserved because I think I am the definition of an extrovert. So maybe in just some aspects of my life, but for the most part, I'm an open book. So I feel like this was pretty spot on. Um, your chart says that your moon is in Leo and depending on the other positions of the chart, moon and Leo people are not necessarily outgoing when they feel comfortable. They do like being the center of attention, Um, does that resonate at all with you? Yes. Sometimes I will sit back. I find that like networking situations are hard for me when it's like you're supposed to go and meet people and shake hands and exchange business cards and that kind of thing. Sometimes that is tough because I never know when to start. So I like to sit back and observe. Um, But if it's folks that I am familiar with and comfortable, yeah, life of the party. Go ahead, Nicole. You you like you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, I'm just saying it's a good thing we're not going to be shaking hands anymore. And I'll be a wing person for you at the next networking event. Thank you. <laughs> I the appreciate last, that. Last but not least is myself. Um, I am uh, an Aries. That's my sun sign. I'm a very typical Aries. I think I would say um, the sun in Aries represents vitality, a sense of individual. Uh, and an outward shining creative energy. And if you ever meet a person that seems like they have an endless amount of energy, they're probably an Aries. Um, That's one of our number one characteristics. Um, We are the first sign of the Zodiac. We are the least evolved sign of the Zodiac. Uh, Pisces is the most evolved as the 12th and final sign. Uh, My moon is... um, uh, Let's see, Scorpio, which I which I knew, but I'm sorry, I was looking it up. Uh, so my moon is in Scorpio. Um, while others might find security and comfort in maternal uh, immaterial things, moon and Scorpio people seek um, seek out emotional intensity. No matter what, this is something very intense about lunar Scorpios. So lunar Scorpios tend to be very intense. It's a little bit tempered by the Aries side because um, generally speaking, uh, you know. Uh, they always say that there's no good and bad signs, but generally speaking, Aries and Scorpios don't really mesh well together. Um, don't repeat that in front of Scorpios. So so to have an Aries person with a touch of Scorpio is kind of like that weird juxtaposition. 
I mean, y'all, y'all kind of know me. What do you think? Ball of energy. Absolutely. I recall the first time meeting you and I was just like, oh, this is a lot of energy. (laughs) Isaiah will wear you out. And I'm like, this is so refreshing. (laughs) So creative. The creativity, hands down. I, yes. Um, All of that energy in doses. Um. But then at the same time, too, having worked with Isaiah for a while now and been in different spaces, um, there are times where I know feedback from other people, like when we've done MLP, you've been like, Isaiah is so quiet and I wish we heard more from him. Or, and I'm like, who are y'all talking about? Um, so I think, I think he knows how to turn it on and off. Well, I appreciate you, you guys being game to like... Uh, participate in this, in some ways, ridiculous exercise. But I thought it would be a great way for us to introduce ourselves to our listeners other than, you know, just our bios and and kind of how we arrived at NASDAQ. And by the way, if you're listening, you can go to NASDAQ.org and read our professional bios and kind of what we do at NASDAQ. But we wanted to give you a little bit of sense of kind of who we are as people beyond that. So the approach we're going to take with this pod is that we're each going to kind of t- take the facilitator's chair, if you will, and and guide a conversation. Um, But before I pass the baton, I did want to spend a few minutes talking about kind of like our hosting style and mission and kind of how we, we show up in this space. I feel like we're all uniquely individuals. And so I want to just kind of go around the the horn, uh, go around our virtual table and see if folks wanted to share what their hosting style is or what their mission, if you will, as a co-host of this podcast, whoever wants to get it started. I'll start. Um, I think my hosting style is I love to ask questions. I love to get to know people. Um, I think I told our HR director one time that I love being on interview panels because I want to ask questions and dig deep. Um, And so I think this gives an opportunity for us to not only get to know more about the organizations that our um, guests represent, but why they're in the work, what brought them to it, what drives them, who they are personally, um, what legacy do they hope to leave behind by the work that they do. And so I think my style is um, asking those questions that make folks pause um, and and reflective, because I think we all know that at the end of the day, um, I think especially working in nonprofit, there's there's usually some heart, some reasoning, some story behind how we got here. Um, and having worked um, for a CBO for a long time, doing direct service um, before coming to NASDAQ, I think it's been great to talk to folks who who are in that space now and and learn about. Um, new ways of of doing this work. So yeah, I think that's me asking questions and and helping or hearing folks tap into their own personal mission. Interestingly, um, I think um, I believe my hosting style is similar to Bianca's in that I typically want to know like the why. Um, why do we do these things? Why are people, um, you know, enjoying what they enjoy? But I think the other part of it is also like, how are people taking care of themselves and how are people um, really focusing on self? Um, When you do nonprofit work, 
it's a lot that we give away to other people. Um, and oftentimes we neglect ourselves. And so um, I think one of my missions is just making um, or reflecting to the guests, like how are you taking care of yourself and how are you prioritizing yourself in this work that oftentimes we are always giving of other people? I'll just add that while I want to know what brings folks to the work, I also enjoy shooting the shit with the people that come on to our podcast. Um, It's really nice to be able to talk about things that are not related to the work and the daily grind. We get to learn so much about a person by the activities they like, how they are resting, how they are doing their self-care. And I also really like talking about community investment, who has invested into those community leaders and how are they investing into others? How are they building leadership in others? And overall, just having a good time. Yeah, Nicole, I really, I can really align myself with a lot of that. You know, for me, I think community folks are doing really great work. And I don't know that they get the recognition or the crowns that they deserve. And for me, my hosting style up to this point has been to really bring that to the forefront and to get people to recognize that they are really doing great things and that they are the leaders and the champions that we need them to be. And I need them to know that. And I want to celebrate the work that they're doing. And if I can pull that out of them and to have it be a little bit more in-depth I think that that's what I'm going for. You know, recently I asked um, Neil Rafferty about white privilege when he came onto the pod to talk to Nicole and I. He is a cis, white, um, gay man. And he gave a really great answer about how um, he's had some people who who had uh, some affinity for him that really taught him what it meant to listen and to be empathetic. And, and when I'm hosting this podcast, I'm trying to get people to kind of open up and share a little bit more beyond the I'm so-and-so and I, I have this title at, at this great organization. That's, that's good. But what, talk to me about why you're there in the first place. And that's real. I'm really excited to do this pod with, with all of you. Um, I'm going to pass the talking stick over to Nicole. Received. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the steep. So for you all listening, we are Southern Steep Brewing Stronger Community. And so what's the steep all about? Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about how we got to the steep and why a podcast uh, a little later. Um, But just overall, like our format, um, you're listening to this now. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, But we're going to be releasing podcast episodes about every two weeks. So you're probably listening to this on a Tuesday because you're an early riser. Um, You're here. You're ready. You got the notification that your new latest podcast is ready to listen. Um, That's going to be on a Tuesday. Uh, So we are going to be dropping new episodes. Um, Isaiah mentioned that we are going to be switching it up. Um, and I'm really excited about this hostesses with the mostesses conglomeration. How are you all feeling about this so far? This is our first time not on a production meeting with all of us here. You mean you're not going to ask Bianca who her favorite co-host is? Because that would have been the really shady way to start this conversation. Why are you so bitter? Because I didn't even, I was going to say so petty, because my bitter mind... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and mistrustful mind didn't even think you were going to say that. 
you know, you know part what of I've my... learned? <laughs> Go ahead. Nicole. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, what I've learned about Isaiah is that, you know, when we all get together, he can be a bit shady. And I don't know if that was, is that a part of your chart? Is that in the turret? I don't know. Is that we in the stars? To, right. In, we may need to stars. look at that. And the one moon. <laughs> that Scorpio moon. Yes. Oh, it is Deviant. bright and shiny. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry. Where were we? How's this going? I think it's going great. <laughs> I agree. This is going amazing. Like we, I, it's interesting how we all just kind of came together. Uh, um, and I don't know, you know, for me being new to NASDAQ, um, we just kind of came together and like meshed really well together. And it just has been a great ride. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's good. I, I'm enjoying this. Well, to take a serious... I'm sorry, Nicole. I was just going to say, just to take like a, a somewhat serious approach to responding to what you asked, you know, Bianca is from CARE and the three of us, Tori and myself and you, obviously we work on the prevention side at NASDAQ. And so I thought it was very important to have the perspective of, of someone else um, who could talk to that side of the house. And so Bianca's, you know, obviously perfect to do that. But I also think that she kind of uh, balances us out a little bit. I feel like Nicole, you and I in particular tend to be, you know, the excited ones. Torian's a little bit more reserved. And then Bianca's kind of like, can I add a little water in here? Because y'all are a little bit thick. <laughs> y'all need to be thinned out just to take. It's that bone broth. <laughs> there, there you go. go. There you go. Um, I do want to say that there was a moment in time where there were only three podcast hosts. Uh, myself, Torian, and Isaiah. And there was a magical moment after a luncheon on Zoom that you held, Bianca. And we had a production meeting right after. And we were discussing who we're going to bring in for our fourth host. And Torian and I, stars aligned, we said Bianca Ward. I am always, and, and having worked in HIV for a long time, I've been on the care side, the prevention side, and CBOs. So kind of seen it all. But I love the... Um, kind of the the fun, the innovative, the the different type of activities and innovation that happens in prevention. Not to say that it doesn't happen in care, but um, but this is really cool. So thank, one, thank you for um, asking me to be a part of it. But this team has really been awesome. I think everyone brings a really great, unique perspective and it just all comes together really nicely. So I am, I am honored to be your care representative. You know, I think this just showcases a small example of how you can incorporate care program folks and prevention program folks in a program together. Look at that. Because we are not going to end this HIV epidemic or any of these epidemics if we are in siloed sections. So we love having some care reps over up in here. Thank you. Yes, yes. Tearing down the walls, if you will. I'm here for it. So, and part of tearing down the walls, we have really been focusing on highlighting and lifting up voices of community folks in the South doing incredible, innovative work. And so that's community-based organizations, community leaders, um, folks doing social justice, public health work in the South. Um, I guess my question to y'all is like, has there been any surprises that have come so far in the conversations that we've had on the podcast? 
I don't know that I would say it's a surprise, but uh, the perspectives and the experiences from state to state are shockingly similar. And so you you never want to draw you know broad conclusions about a whole region of the country, but a lot of the of the issues that people are facing, whether it be community engagement, access to prep, stigma, like that seems to to be the same whether we're in Alabama or Texas or North Carolina. I, I it's it's amazing how year after year um, the commonalities that we see among um, folks in the South. I would agree. And I would definitely say it's been um, also just refreshing and um, wonderful to hear folks speaking so passionately. It's just just how about how much they love, how much they love the South. You know, we ask them if, you know, what we want for the South or, you know, what they would want to see for the South, which I think is is great. But there's always more passion in their voice about how much they love it. A lot of folks, you know, speak about community and and their resilience and um, that feeling of pride. And I think that that has been that has been really really refreshing to hear. Um, because on the flip, as I you know, Isaiah was mentioning stigma, discrimination, et cetera. But um, but you know, folks saying, but I love it, and I I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of charm um, and a lot of gems that have been dropped throughout uh, these discussions and conversations. Um, And to address some of those things, we have added a segment on the podcast called The Southern Charm. Uh, You know, we would think that Southern Charm would come naturally because it's Southern Charm. However, it was a contentious discussion on what we were going to title that segment, um, we're not going to go into all of that, but knowing this group, I'm sure that's not a surprise. Um, would someone be interested in talking about Southern Charm? And, you know, what do you find charming about that segment? So um, I think Southern Charm, um, the segment is really about highlighting um, organizations or persons who are doing really great work um, that may not be on the actual episode, right? And so we want to give, um, again, what Isaiah talked about earlier is like like people not getting their flowers, right? And not getting their crowns for the work that they're doing. And so um, Southern Charm was our way to kind of give back um, and highlighting people in the work that they're doing and celebrating that. Um, you know, to your point, Nicole, it was a bit um, contentious about like what to name it because there's so many things that you can name uh, a segment that's talking about uplifting and about great work that people are doing. Um, but, you know, I think the Southern charm really does um, encompass what we're trying to get out of highlighting these people or these organizations. Can I also add to that, Torian? You know, I don't think we need to go into the, our, our sausage making, but <laughs> part of what I enjoy about our process is that four smart, creative people come to the production table with ideas and we 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 iron them out. And I think we had to hot press Nicole a little bit on the title of the segment. But at the end of the day, we came up with a really good name for it. Was Wait, was it Nicole that got hot pressed or Bianca? 
It wasn't was, me. Was it? Was it me? <laughs> it was probably you know. You. <laughs> it could have been this Aries Scorpio dynamic. Yes. The point is, is that someone was was hot pressed, and we we came to a resolution, and, and now it's great. This doesn't. Teamwork truly makes the dream work. And with that being said, I'm going to pass the mic over. Oh, I'm sorry. The talking stick over to Torian. Um, because why are we doing this podcast? Received and accepted. Um, and so, yeah, you know, why are we doing this podcast, right? There's so many different ways and avenues um, we could have taken um, to really do what it is that we want to do, right? Um, and one of the main goals that we um, are wanting to achieve with doing this podcast is like, again, community engagement, right? And reaching out to those workers, those organizations that are really doing some really great work in the South that we oftentimes don't hear about, right? Um, and so, you know, from you guys' perspective, when when we first talked about doing a podcast, right? When the idea was floated out um, by, I believe, Isaiah, um, why did we all get on board? Like, why did you decide to go with a podcast? So Nicole, correct me if I'm wrong. We were trying to find a way to kind of further supplement CBO Hub, and which is all about HIV prevention while social distancing. And we figured CBOs could listen to the pod safely and we could engage with them and start to build a relationship with them, even though we're we're separated. Am I am I remembering it right? Building relationships was a huge component of all of this, and we were looking for ways that we could do different types of engagement um, rather than what traditional engagement could look like. Podcast we thought would be a little different. Uh, as far as how I got sucked in, because um, this energy is just so. You know, it just pulled us in. And what was that? That was the sound. Um, (laughs) And luckily, I have a microphone to really share the sound. Um, I hope one of one production likes that sound, by the way. Anyway, I love how we can edit. Um, I digress. Really, that energy was so exciting. And I thought, wow, a great podcast. Wow, this could be a cool project. I'm interested. I've always wanted to learn how to do this. I listen to podcasts. Let's do it. Yeah, and I think that it was, you know, um, as, you know, when we started talking about podcasts, you know, I shared that I am, um, I'm on another podcast um, with a group of hosts um, in that, so when it came on, I was like, oh, yes, podcasts are really fun. It's really engaging. So I was definitely sold on it. Um, I'm all, I also think that, you know, in the in the midst of a pandemic where some of the community engagement we would normally want to do, like in person, we cannot do. And, and I think a podcast is a very good um, interactive um, alternative to that in person. And so I was definitely sold on it. Um, so Bianca, you know, not being a part of the initial process, but then being asked to do it, right? Like, what sold you on the concept of a podcast? Well, one, when I heard about it, I was like, their prevention goes doing something fun again. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. No feelings. 
Um, I also love podcasts, love them. And I think it's a great way to, um, I, I really like the ones that kind of interview people and, and again, get into people's minds and their hearts. So I thought that this was really different. Um, I, I appreciate that it is CBL specific because that's, you know, where I grew up. Um, and so that, that, so that kind of sold me at first. I was like, mm, okay, let's, let's try this out because I'm never sure, uh, similar to Isaiah and I, our first episode, how I sound recorded. Um, but after listening to a few, it's, it's not awful. So, uh, <laughs> I can stay with it. Um, but no, I love the idea again, um, to do something that is, is community centered and focused. Um, that really truly is where my heart lives. So this opportunity just, it just seemed right. So I was really excited. Um, and again, prevention, so cool, so fun. So it's weird, Bianca, because I actually, I think your voice is perfect for a podcast, you know, uh, just, I, I know that Torian and Nicole know this, but for our listeners, Bianca and I do a lot of trainings together. And so I feel like you always modulate in the right way. The only time that you don't, Bianca has two beautiful children, and on occasion, when speaking to them, her voice changes, and it's not so um, balanced. It's not so what? Okay. Because I use my mommy tone, and that <laughs> is different. Um, it is usually me talking through my teeth. <laughs> um, you don't really open, the whole mouth doesn't, whole doesn't form mouth. the word. And I think I get that from my mother. So my mother is Jamaican. And when we used to be out in public and if I was acting just a little bit of a fool, um, her, that patois, the accent came in thick. And I was like, oh, OK, she's not playing today. But she also doesn't really want to embarrass me in front of my friends. So she wants to make sure it's just something that I understand. So, yeah. So I have adapted that as well. <laughs> that line, that fine line. It's very fine. <laughs> And I just have to acknowledge that Aries Scorpio coming out again, like, coming out once again. <laughs> I, I, it's in the stars. That's all I can. <laughs> um, and I think the other thing, too, is that um, I don't think any of us when we thinking about a podcast and we all were like going in and, and down for the cause. I don't think any of us realized how much work goes into the podcast and putting it together. Um, and so I want to ask, you know, now we're in um, three episodes in, um, right? And, and some more to come. Like, what are some things that you've learned that you've taken out of doing this um, that you find to be like, what is that Southern charm, that Southern gem that you've pulled out of learning and doing this podcast so far? I'm going to say some intentionality. So when from the beginning of figuring out who we're going to speak to, which I didn't mention in, you know, earlier, it is kind of an interviewee type of style um, as far as the the flow, um, but really just intentional throughout the whole way. Uh, that's been one of my big takeaways. 
obviously our listeners don't know this, but we <clears throat> we record these visually as well, in addition to the audio. And so we can see each other and we can usually see our guests when we're interviewing them. Um, and sometimes I forget how much is conveyed through visual cues. And so, but when you're doing a podcast, obviously the listeners, they're not privy to that. So you really have to, you can't mute yourself when you're laughing. You can't, um, if, if something happens visually, you need to convey that. And so I've, I'm, I've been learning and noticing how different it is than if there was a camera in front of us or if we were in the same space with the people who are taking in our content. Agreed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and I would just say for me, it's like, I think one of the things, the editing piece of it, I am actually enjoying, um, although it's a lot of work. Um, I think I didn't realize how much work it is to edit these episodes and kind of listen to them and, and create an actual episode. Um but I'm enjoying that process um, and, and working with our partner um, to get the great sound that you get when you are listening to him on Tuesdays um, or Wednesdays or whenever you um, listen to the, the podcast and the episodes. Um, so now I am going to pass the baton to our lovely next guest to talk about NASDAQ, Bianca. And I received the baton because I used to run track back in the day when I was youthful. And um, I ran anchor because I was fast. Again, Jamaican. That's Anyhow. the fastest person on the team. <laughs> exactly. Now, I don't even run up these stairs. So anywho, so NASDAQ. <laughs> so about NASDAQ. So we are a membership organization. So for folks who don't know about NASDAQ, we um, provide technical assistance, capacity building, um, assistant advocating and advocacy for state health department, HIV and hepatitis programs. And so at the heart, I usually tell people when I try to explain my job, um, I help health departments do what they do at the end of the day. Um, and we do that by creating resources and webinars and meetings, um, trainings, et cetera. So I love the idea of this podcast because it's, um, it's TA in a different way. It's us being able to learn what, um, what CBOs are doing and for them to also kind of share some of their wisdom, their experience with, with others that they can um, learn from. I think one of the things that we do well at NASDAQ or encourage is that peer-to-peer -peer exchange. Um, on the care side, you know, we do a lot of mentorship between Ryan White um, coordinators and, and partners so that, because I think, yes, we can help to inform around policies and procedures, but it's not the same as learning from somebody who is in that same position, maybe at another health department, but really that on-the-ground learning so my question um, is kind of for Isaiah as the most senior member on our team and the one who's been at NASDAQ the longest. Um, it's a two-part question. One, what's your favorite form of TA um, that we provide? And then also, how do you think that this podcast can be used to inform um, the technical assistance for CBOs going forward? So my favorite modality for technical assistance is the peer-to-peer -peer TA that we have, where we link one jurisdiction or one organization with another, because generally what that means is that 
um, an organization or health department is struggling or they need some assistance and we're able to um, take a step back and simply facilitate an opportunity for them to talk to a true peer. And um, that's been the tried and true way that we do our work. And it continues, as simple as it is, it continues to be one of the most effective tools to provide technical assistance. And then, Bianca, your second, the second part of your question was? How do you think we can use this podcast or as a form of TA, or how do you see this podcast kind of as part of our technical assistance? Yeah, I think so. We're, we're inviting communities to come on and talk about their programs. We're inviting CBOs to come on and talk about the work that they're doing. And in, in essence, they're sharing their Southern charms with us. And so they're sharing their Southern charms with our listeners. And so they're beginning to create uh, relationships with people who do the same work that they do, just in other parts of the South. And so that over time creates more connections that people can can kind of build. Torian has been doing a really good job of when we post an episode to link to in the description to link to how you can get in touch with that particular guest or that particular program. And so we're furthering, um, disseminating all of the things that people are doing. And, and that's excellent technical assistance because the folks that have been coming on have had excellent kind of wisdom to share. Can I add on to that? Um, I think that because we've had so many unique guests that the different topics that are being discussed is another form of TA. So for instance, you and Isaiah for the inaugural brew had a great conversation about doula work and birth justice. And I think that part of the podcast experience is really showing how all of these issues, public health, social justice, all interconnect and that this is a system. Uh, so when organizations are troubleshooting or want to learn more about a certain topic, they can listen to what's been covered. Absolutely. And I think it's also, um, yeah, also giving opportunities for programs to, again, learn from each other and maybe even think about doing things that they hadn't considered before or ways to tap into their own resources to expand their programs. Um, you know, I think when I used to work in community, I used to really want to be intentional about our MOUs um, and our partnerships and not just put them down to try to get grants, um, but really how can we how can we partner in order to better serve community? And so I think that that is, um, that peer-to-peer learning is, is truly valuable. Um, so Torian is one of our newer NASDAQ folks. Um, and I think it's also unique, this whole experience. We've been remote for quite some time. So all of that in-person engagement that we would be having with each other and partners is not, um, not quite the same. But one, what's your... What's your, what's the favorite, your favorite part of your, your current position at NASDAQ? Oh, wow. Working um, with Isaiah Webster. You can say it because he's on the line and reviews so and cool points. I, I am not, I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> but what I will say though, um, seriously, it's, it's genuinely working um, with all of you, like, and I mean that sincerely. Um, as you said, like, because of the pandemic, some of the things that 
um, my job may typically, you know, consist of like traveling and meeting in person with, you know, with organizations that hasn't been able to happen. But, you know, being able to still do some of that work through the podcast has been um, fun and engaging. And then doing it with you all has been uh, just that much better um, and makes it that much greater. Um, I think the other thing for me is that, you know, thus far I've enjoyed my time here at NASDAQ um, and just the warm, um, considerate, thoughtful, um, team-oriented people that um, I have been um, engaged with just um, is definitely different, but it's it's been great, um, especially dealing with a pandemic and dealing with social, <laughs> you know, political uh, uprising and unrest, right? Um, it's been it's been really good. And so I've been enjoying this ride so far. And because your stars have shown that you are prone to switching occupations, I really hope <laughs> that you um, stay with us for quite some time because we are learning from you more and more every day. And I can definitely say that I appreciate um, having you on the NASDAQ team. Yes, I am going to put that out there. Stick so <laughs> I am going to put this out there that I've, you know, I said earlier, I often get a lot of flack for that part, right? Um, what I will say is that um, I am also one of those people and you're, it, if you read further into my chart, they also talk about how like I am a person who if I'm not feeling appreciated or if I'm not feeling valued in a space, then I'm, I'm likely to not want to continue in that space. Um, and it could be a blessing or a curse, but my father um, really gave me that um, I don't care attitude and I don't need you kind of an attitude. And so I've, you know, for better or for worse, I've always ca- kind of carried that with me. What I will say is that thus far, um, I do see myself sticking around with NASDAQ for a really long time, um, just because of the culture, just because of the people um, and also the work, you know, because for me, it's always like the work is never the issue. It's always the people that you work with potentially. That's the issue. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm feeling like um, just the kind of the gratitude and appreciation for a lot of the people that I work with. And because I do work closely with Isaiah, he is a part of that, but I'm not going to give him his flowers in this moment just because of the Aries and Scorpio that's been seeping out occasionally. <laughs> But he is a part of the group of of people who I'm appreciative of um, for working here so far. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It is January 8th, 2021. And as uh, Torian's put it into the universe that he will be here for a little while. So um, I'm putting the date on here. So we have a timestamp. As you should. I... I as well, I'm going to jot that down. Uh, we'll remember that when the review period comes along. So, but I th- <laughs> definitely want to thank you for that. So for folks who are listening um, and just want to learn more about NASDAQ and what we do and the services we provide, of course, you can reach us on nasdaq.org. And that's also how you can request technical assistance um, from the prevention team for your CBO or for your Ryan White program from the health departments on the care team. But all of these things are on the website. You can click around and find resources and, and get to know us better and see how we can support you and 
Avenue community and the folks that you serve. And with that, I will pass it ever so gently over to Isaiah Webster. So a couple things. I am so thrilled that those charts seeped their way into every aspect of this episode. That's the first thing. And Bianca, um, so you asked me two questions. You asked Torian one question, and then you didn't ask Nicole any. <laughs> well, what, well, one, I'm trying to be cognizant of time and our, our listeners. But I will say, <laughs> let me ask Nicole. Nicole, would you like a question? Because I always have, you know, I always have some in the purse. You know, because you do like asking questions of your interviewing guests, I would love a question. So one, what, well, now I have two. Uh, What is your favorite (laughs) TA modality? And who is your uh, favorite co-host on this podcast? That's some fighting words. That's never, you know, that's never going to get us to a good place. However... I've not experienced Bianca Ward as a co-host. She has not entered into my rotation. And so I have a hard time really answering who my favorite co-host is because I didn't have experiences Well, we'll with come you. back to that then. So I answered the question two last, uh, first. For question one, I have really been enjoying... So before coming to NASDAD, one of my favorite things was the trauma-informed toolkit that was put out. That was one of the ways I had more of an affinity towards NASDAD because I'm like, this is some really cool work. Um, I really enjoy the toolkits. I really enjoy how we can supplement peer-to-peer with the follow-up resource. We So many of these modalities can stack on top of each other, and I like how there's so many options. So I didn't really answer your questions but still provided. No, answers. you definitely did. And just to note that our trauma-informed approaches toolkit was produced, produced, excuse me, by the healthcare access team. You're welcome. Boop, boop. Isaiah, on to you. <laughs> I did need to correct one uh, misstatement I made earlier um, at the top of the pod. I said incorrectly that Jupiter has 26 known satellites. She actually has 79. And it is that is one detail that I wanted to get correct in this pod. Okay, so we've reached the end of our very first um, all co-host podcast. This was a great time. I just hope that the listeners had as much fun listening as we did talking about it. (laughs) Can we do a rapid fire of what we love about the South? What do we want to, what what do we want from the South as a modeling? Would you want to go first? I'm going to ask, no, I'm asking Bianca to go first because okay. of time. Okay. Um, mm, see, and now I'm stuck. What I love about the South, as I said in my um, my bio, uh, the resilience, the community, the pride, um, and what I want to see for the South um, progress, um, even more so. And I think this these past few elections and this election season has shown that we are um, we are working towards that, hopefully. Um, so yeah, progress, continued progress. I love the community resilience, the family nature, the tight-knitness, which could go either way, good or bad. 
Um, but as far as what I'd like to see is more investment in the South. We've seen that organizing has been in the South for many, many, many years, decades, centuries, but it takes investment for the work of the organizing to get to where we saw like in Georgia, um, that took dedicated investment. Invest in the South. And um, I would just say that I love the strong faith um, and the strong sense of community in the South. Um, those are two things, two reasons why I really did fall in love with the South. Um, and what I would love to see for the South, um, I will echo both of your sentiments, just like um, more progressive progress, right? And, and really... Um, addressing the community needs in really substantial ways. And one of those ways is actually um, providing um, finances and resources. Um, and then also, can I just say um, health expansion? <laughs> like, can we talk about expansion, um, you know, of healthcare access, um, I think is important and is definitely needed across the South. I love the way in the South, and by that I mean all the different ways that the South is unique and the people are unique. And what I want to see for the South is more of its people. They're beautiful inside and out. And I think that that's some flowers that we need to give every day, all day, as many times as we can give it. Um, this has been delightful. I am so excited to be working on this podcast with all of you. I'm Isaiah Webster. I'm Nicole Ellenoff. I'm Bianca Ward. And I'm Torian Baskerville. Thanks for listening. <laughs>